Here's the Cape Podcast, episode 126. Well, Happy New Year and welcome to 2018. I am really excited to be ringing in the new year with our favorite people, our podcast listeners. So before I get into today's episode, I just want to talk a little bit about things to expect in 2018. First of all, we've been talking over the past few months about how we're kind of changing up the the format a little bit. You know, we started the podcast three and a half, almost four years ago, talking to other stay-at-home moms because I was a stay-at-home mom and I was kind of curious as to how other moms survived the day because I was freaking miserable. (laughs) Just to be completely honest and real with you, I was trying to manage three children, five and under. I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like life was chaos all the time. And I wanted to know how other people kept it together. So I decided to start interviewing busy moms. Over the past couple years, we've transitioned a couple of times. I brought on Aubrey, um, who's been a fantastic co-host. We've kind of we shifted from stay-at-home moms to work-from-home moms and entrepreneurs and working moms and providing tips and tools and resources for people um, facing the struggle of the juggle. And over the last year, Aubrey and I have realized that what we really want to do is focus on um, stories of inspiration and our Live Bravely campaign, talking about people and their stories and the things that they do that are hard but they do them anyway and um, and they change their life or the lives of others for the better. So we're focusing on those types of things. But the other thing that we are doing is adding a book club. So we went round and round the block trying to figure out what we were going to do with this. At first we thought, let's do a subscription box. That will be fun. And then I, through the help of my dear friend, Julie Ball, who is the owner of Sparkle Hustle Grow, which I'm just going to put in a plug for her. I love the Sparkle Hustle Grow monthly subscription box for for entrepreneurs. It comes loaded down with great stuff that um, I just love, things that I wouldn't necessarily go out and buy for myself, but I love having to use with my business. Like these awesome pens that I'm using right now. They're like these gel, I don't even know how to describe them, but it's an awesome pen. I'm always looking for pens, so I was so happy when they were in there. I mean, and other things. It comes with a book each month, a professional um, development type business related type book it comes with training um there's always a free training in it i mean it's just it's an amazing box you can check it out at losethecape.com forward slash shg for sparkle hustle grow and if you use my link you get a five dollar discount as well um but uh anyway I totally sidetracked myself. Oh, yes. So when we decided we were going to do a subscription box, Julie was there to walk me through the process to give me all her tips and tools and resources. And I started digging into it. And I was like, I don't know that I'm ready to take on this level of project. So we ditched the book club box, the subscription box. Maybe we'll do it one day if we see that people are really interested in the book club. But who knows? Anyway, so then we were kind of struggling. So what do we do? And I was like, well, I really want to, I still really want to be able to discuss some of these books. I love to read. I find a hard time fitting reading in. I find a hard time, I find it hard to get to physical book clubs these days. Um, 
just because there's, I have three kids, 10 and under, and you know, we're busy, we have stuff going on and I'm involved in a bunch of different things. And while I love getting together with my book club ladies and drinking wine and all of that stuff, I went like seven months without ever making it to a book club before I finally decided I needed to not be part of that book club. So I also, and and Aubrey and I also really wanted to be able to feature books that are not just, you know, whatever's hottest on the fiction uh, side of the world these days. You know, we wanted to be able to talk about books that are, that are, uh, that help us grow as humans, as mothers, as women, that might sometimes be related to work or not work that might be, you know, big picture things. Um, sometimes we may throw in a fiction like summertime when maybe we don't want to be focused so much on the on the self-improvement and inspiration. Maybe we'll go fiction during those time frames. We'd love your input, by the way. If you have books you've been dying to read and want to discuss with other women or just loved and want to discuss with other women, please shoot us an email at info at losethecape.com and let us know what your suggestions are. But we're kicking off the year with a book that really surprised me. It's called The Year of Yes. And there's a longer subtitle here. Let me pull it up because I've forgotten. How to Dance It Out, Stand in the Sun, and Be Your Own Person. This book is by Shonda Rhimes. You may recognize the name if you're a Grey's Anatomy scandal or... Um, how to get away with murder fan or back in the day of private practice. So she's the writer, the creative uh, mind behind all these shows. I love all of these shows. I've watched all these shows. I probably wouldn't have thought to go buy her book though. Um, But my sister asked for it for Christmas. So I, I ordered it for her. So the book arrives and I'm like, you know, I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. I'm going to, I'm going to flip through this and see what happens. And I started reading it and I was in it. Uh, She is hilarious. We have so much in common. It's so crazy, like reading her story. I was going through it and I was like, wow, this book is way better suited for me than it is for my sister, actually. But I hope my sister got nearly as much from it as I was. I found myself like wanting to dog ear like every page. And I'm like, you can't dog ear the page of a book you're giving to somebody. (laughs) I wanted to highlight it. I wanted to do all these things. Needless to say, I know you're dying to know, I did finish it before Christmas, wrap it, and give it to my sister, but I told her that I read it, and then I went and ordered my own copy of it, because I was like, I have to have this book, I have to dog ear it, I have to highlight it, I have to share these quotes and these things that she learned that are just so relevant and um, and insightful to, I think, just about any woman, and in particular, any woman who is working and raising a family at the same time. Um, so, and any woman who struggles with these big issues like weight and um, fear of being in, of rejection and all these types of things. So anyway, it's a fantastic book. I hope um, if you go over to our website, losethecape.com forward slash Yes, I believe is what we made it. I suppose I should make sure that that's the correct um, correct page. But if you um, if you go get it, you can um, read it over the next couple weeks. And then in our podcast episode, the last week of the month, we are going to make it our book club um, thing where we actually go in and talk about the book. So speaking of which, that so that's how we're um, changing up the podcast a little bit as we go into the new year. We are um, going to be 
introducing a book the first week of the month. Well, that'll give you time to go get the book, check it out from the library, do whatever you want to do with it or however you want to get it, read it. And then the fourth week of the month, we're going to discuss the book and we're going to bring in other people. This is the goal, at least. We'll see how it goes. But with the way we're doing our podcast now, we have the op of um, just recording it live and giving in a call-in number. So we're thinking about making it like a live fourth, um, a live call where we can invite people who want to participate to actually join us in the call live. Or we may do it, we may do it just like a roundhouse coffee house doing it live via Zoom and broadcasting on Facebook. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But either way, whether you want to listen live, be a part of the discussion, whether you want to just catch it on your commute to work later on, record it or however, we want you to be able to participate. And um, if it's a book that really speaks to you and you want to participate in the recording of the discussion, we would love to have you. So yes, I just double checked that link and it is losethecape.com forward slash yes to see more about um, the year of yes and to get your copy if you choose to get it through our link there. Um, okay, so those are some of the new things that are that are coming up and some of the changes that we made and, and a little bit of an explanation behind them. Um, I could stop there for today and just say, hey, this is our welcome to 2018 and here's how things are going to change and this is what we're doing. But I have had a situation happen that I just cannot, like, I can't move past it. And I'm thinking that maybe if I talk about it in this um, environment, maybe it will help me bless and release the toxicity and move on. So this is um, something that happened to me that's directly related to my business. But I think anybody who's ever been burned by somebody or really just been affected by the mean girl syndrome. I'm just going to call it the mean girl syndrome. I turned 41 in December and I was brought to tears by the words written to me in an email by a mean girl, a mean girl who's almost 40 years old and should be ashamed of herself. And while I am trying as hard as I can to be the bigger person and to let it go, I just, I'm like, I'm really stuck on this one. Part of it is because she cost me a lot of money and part of it is because she insulted me and really said some mean and very hurtful things to me. And part of it is because she attacked my integrity and um, all of her accusations were false, misunderstood, not a, a, a an accurate representation. And the funny thing is I'm working with some amazing women right now and isn't it crazy how we can have all these women who are like so happy to work with us and so pleased with the results that we're giving them and one person can storm in with nasty words and attacks and accusations that aren't even real, that are things that they made up in their own little crazy mind and it just ruins everything. Um, it's been a great teaching point for me with my children, though, because my son was um, making fun of one of my daughter's friends the other day and made her cry. And I had a long conversation with him about how how badly words hurt and how, you know, how, how, how impacted I had been by the mean things that this particular woman said to me and how they had seen me crying and seen how impacted I was by by the things that she said and did. 
And, you know, it was a good opportunity for, for me to give a teaching point with him. I'm trying the best to find the learning lesson from this experience. Um, I know you guys want to know the details, don't you? I know, I know. It's driving everybody crazy. All right, so here's the lowdown. You guys know that I, I am an, um, an author, coach, and publisher. And um, in the past, I operate what's called a hybrid publishing company. So what is a hybrid publishing company? I love this because it gives me an opportunity to educate you guys too. And there's a lot of misconceptions because there's a lot of bad people out there who will take your money and screw you over. So since self-publishing has become such a big deal, a lot of businesses have built up around helping people do it. So there are self-publishing assisted businesses, which they don't give a crap about you and the quality of your work. They just want to sell stuff to you. They just want to sell your book. They want to sell a program to you that will help you get your book prepared for publication and published, and they want to take your money. They don't care if your book ever sells because they sell you. This is how they make their money. They say, when you buy this package from us, you get you know, X number of books and you get blah, 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 and it's all done. And you think, oh, well, that's great. I can earn my money back because I'll have the books to sell and blah, blah, blah. But what if your book isn't, isn't really good? You know, they don't, anyway, all that stuff. So that's one type of business. And then, um, unfortunately, they get lumped sometimes in the same category as a hybrid press. So a hybrid press and I'm not going to talk a lot about this. I know y'all want to hear the story. I just want to explain a little bit so you understand where the, the background of this story. A hybrid press is somebody who, who publishes books. And um, is, there are often smaller presses. Some of them are really big, though. Like She Writes Press is a very legitimate, large, successful hybrid publishing company. Um, but because with first-time authors or authors that don't have a platform, most traditional publishing houses are rejecting the manuscripts. Not because they're not good. There's some really fantastic stuff getting rejected by traditional houses. But it costs a lot of money to publish a book. And it's a big investment. So if you have a brand new author who doesn't have anybody to sell the book to and doesn't have any social proof that they can make sales of the book, a lot of publishing houses are saying no to them because they just cannot take on the risk of spending thousands to tens of thousands of dollars to properly put the book together, have it edited, have a great cover, um, have it laid out, marketing, all those types of things. So a lot of these people who don't want to necessarily self-publish, they still want someone else to do all the work for them, are now forming partnerships with companies like mine, a hybrid company that wants to produce and publish high-quality books uh, but understands that we can't take on the risk because we don't have the funding and the budget to do it, so we form a partnership. The author agrees to pay X number of dollars towards the expenses of publishing the book take on a little bit of that risk that says we understand it's a lot of money to um, publish a book. The publisher acts like a normal publisher, goes out, tries to get the book everywhere possible, promotes the book, helps market the book. Different people do different levels of marketing. Um, but and, and and generally, you know, helps the make sure that it's it's good editorial quality, make sure that it's a good book, does all of these things um, to help and further the author. And because the author has subsidized the amount of money paid into publishing the book, they earn higher royalties. As an example, 
If you are signed with a traditional publisher, you might win, you might earn between 7.5% on the lowest end of industry standard to 12% royalty on the very high end of the of the standard. Most fall in about the 8 to 10% range. With a hybrid press, um, I'm actually on a committee, on an advocacy committee with Independent Book Publishers Association right now, and we are establishing industry um, guidelines for hybrid presses, but um, one of the guidelines is that you pay, uh, you will receive as an author um, more than 50% royalties, basically, is the kind of bottom line that we're saying. And we're saying because you have taken on the financial responsibility of getting the book out there, we are going to make sure that you earn much higher royalties in return. So it's a win-win situation for everybody, and that's hybrid publishing in a nutshell. So that's what I do through my publishing company. Um, I also have my author support and coaching services, and that's a different business model. You self-publish through that, but I just help you get your book done. Anyway, okay, so let's get to the meat of the story. This woman comes in. I love her story idea. I think it fits with the books that we publish, nonfiction, works by female authors who want to um, inspire the world or make some kind of change or provide business or self-help or those types of things to make the world a better place and to help other women. Those are the types we're looking for. Thought her book would be a good fit. Thought she would be a good fit. Started to see red flags in our interaction from the beginning. But she was excited and I was excited. She accepted the terms. We move forward. As a normal business goes, she starts paying me through her payment plan. All is well. We're doing all the things we need to be doing. Got her cover design done. A beautiful cover by our cover designer, Michelle Fairbanks. Um, hooked her up with her editor. She gets the edits done. We're moving through all the bits and pieces and the pieces of the process of publishing a book. Two months into the process, I'm not sure what happened. I get the feeling that someone started talking to her about how successful this book is going to do and how she shouldn't pay somebody to help her through the process when she could do it by herself because her tone like started completely changing on me. Everything started going a little nutso. Um... And um, she started, like, I don't even really know what happened. I've gone back and reread the emails like a hundred times trying to figure out how this jump happened. But it went from cordial communications and moving right along to all of a sudden I get an email from my assistant saying this person had deleted their Facebook page, had deleted their ConvertKit account, had done all these things. And as we're managing them and running all of them, we're getting these notifications. And she wondered what was happening and if it they were, they were spam emails. So I get an email from this client who has said that at this point in time, she's decided that she wants to um, pause her project. And if she does start it up again, um, she may want to go in a different direction. And I was like, that's fine. I wish you the best of luck. I understand, you know, people change their mind all the time. So we ended on a positive note again. Then the next day, I get this horrifically scathing email. I mean, just railing into me how I did this wrong, how she called these people and tried to figure out this process. And they told her that blah, blah. She took a, um, a little bit of an education went out, tried to figure out what was going on, and came back with a lot of bad information and tried to accuse me of things that were just flat out wrong. She took comments made on my personal Facebook page and had and somehow tried to uh, tell me that that's the way I was running my business, things that had nothing to do with my business. Um, I mean, just made all kinds of leaps and accusations and things that were just flat out wrong, 
flat out wrong. But she was so ugly and nasty in the way that she'd done it. And this was not the first time that we'd gotten ugly communications from her. She had been very condescending through the entire process. And I should have heeded those red flags a lot earlier. Um, her email was really hurtful. And the things that she said about me and my team and the other authors that I represent was really, really hurtful. But what she did next, and then at the at the end of her email, she asked for a full refund, which this was on December 20th. And I was on I had just shut down operations to take a break with my family. I was getting ready to host a sleepover for my daughter's eighth birthday. I had other things on my mind, and I did not want to respond to that email right away because I knew it would not be a pleasant or professional email if I did. I sat on it, and and in the next 12 hours, she had been paying me through PayPal, the next in that within not even 12 hours went by and she went to PayPal and she did something extraordinarily unethical. She pressed, uh, she filed a complaint that she did not receive her product. So PayPal pulled all the money that she had paid me out of my account and put it on hold until they could run their review. What I have learned in the process is that PayPal does not protect service providers and even though I spent probably over the next course of the next couple days in both the um, reply, initial reply, and two appeals, um, time spent on the phone with their people, time spent gathering evidence, taking screenshots, doing downloads, um, record, uh, finding recordings of video uh, video conversations that we had about her work, you know, taking, bringing forth all the evidence of all the work that had been done, going through emails, having my assistant go through and grab anything that might be relevant for her, all this time and energy only for, for PayPal to basically tell me that um, they sided with her because I didn't have a tracking number to indicate that she received a physical good. And when I came back and appealed that it was a tangible good, they said I needed to have proof of download of something. How do I prove that she downloaded a Facebook page that we developed or that she downloaded the web? I mean, it doesn't even work. How do I prove that she, I mean, I have sent them the video of the coaching call that we did together, right? Which was part of the services. Um, you know, so I, it was just really frustrating and really hurtful and really just like, I'm angry that PayPal allows that to happen. I'm angry that she um, did not even allow me the opportunity to come back to her and say, this is what we've done. This is the money that I have spent on your behalf in the past two months as we've been doing these. I mean, Facebook pages and web websites and book covers and um, filing all the things that we've been doing and all the things that we were doing in the background to grow her page and those things, they don't just happen for free and at no cost or no time. I paid people on my team to do these things. Anyway, I don't want to go too much further into all of that stuff. So I was just, I was angry and I'm still angry. And you know, it makes me angry for other service providers who are doing things. And I know there's a lot of you out there who, who operate in this world of online business and coaching and, and digital services and all those things. And it just, it makes me angry that we can be so screwed over so easily. So anyway, I've been trying to, I have not interacted with her at all. I didn't want to, I did not want any more ugly um, consideration. By the way, she also, um, she, she was working with a separate editor 
and she also refused to pay the editor. So it's not just me, and I know that it's not just a situation with me, and she also badmouthed me to the editor and some other things, and I'm trying really hard, like I said, to be the bigger person. And my good friend, Tanya Rainier, who is a mindset coach and wonderful, 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 helped me walk through all of this stuff, and she's like, you need to just go journal it out, get it out of your system, release the toxicity, and let it go, and I did that, and it helped, but I woke up this morning just still feeling angry. And I, I think, you know, um, it, it's a lot of things. It's being personally attacked. It's that mean girl thing that just digs right into our psyche when somebody does something mean to us and we feel like it's completely not legit and hurtful. It's none of the money. I mean, yes, that hurt. I don't make a lot more than what we need each month. So, and it was right before Christmas. We had spent money for Christmas and birthdays counting on that money. So that upsets me, yes, but money isn't, I can, you know, we'll get over that. We'll, we'll move on and, and I'll make the money up in other ways at other times. But just the whole, just, I don't know, I'm carrying around this anger about everything that happened and, 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 I decided to share it in this community because we do have so many people for two things. One, um, I want to share the lessons that I have learned out of it. The first one is the most obvious, and that is if you are a service provider, use something other than PayPal to collect your money from people because they. now that I've done some research, they um, state quite boldly on their website that they do not protect um, service providers. So if somebody comes along and decides to press that little, I did not receive my goods, I'd like a refund button, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to actually win your case, at least in the way things stand right now. And um, I posted this in the Boss Moms group and had like 200 comments about other people who, uh, and throughout these comments of people who had also um, gone through the same situation and not just on services, some people on products that they could prove that they that it had been delivered or that the customer approved the product to be shipped to them or whatever, and they still lost their case. So PayPal is on the side of the buyer in most cases, it appears, from my situation. So I won't be using PayPal to collect payment from my clients. I think the bigger lesson, though, and the one that I take away more than anything, and I think this is um, applicable for a lot of people is, um, that people do and say really mean and hurtful things coming from a place of their own insecurities and own issues and problems. Um, she referred to herself as a dumbass multiple times through her emails, which lead me to believe that she has very low self-esteem and and she feels like because she didn't know and understand what was happening that we were trying somehow to um, to trick her or to do things, which was not the case. I, I don't typically tell people every single thing that I'm doing while I'm doing their work for them because they hire me to do the work that they don't want to know how to do, right? Um, I don't follow should I ever be able to afford a landscaper. I don't follow a landscaper around my yard asking him, why he's doing what he's doing and why he purchased it from this vendor instead of that vendor and how come they're using this machine instead of that machine because I hire them to do something I don't want to know about. Um, but, you know, that that often we do have to just um, 
try and figure out how to release that stuff when it comes to us. And um, talking about it on my podcast for me is one way to release it because now I feel a sense of relief like I've shared it, it's done, it's over, maybe I can move on. I've thought about writing her mean emails in return, but those won't do any good, and she's not going to learn anything from this situation. I've thought about responding to her email and defending myself in every place where she accused me of something, of doing something or not doing something, and proving to her how I was right, but it's not going to matter. We all know that it doesn't prove to anybody. People like that don't learn or don't take it from them. I will never be right. She will always be right. It doesn't matter what I say or do. So it'd just be wasted energy and probably escalate again. And I don't want another ugly confrontation. I've thought about taking her to small claims court um, and trying to get the money back that way. Um, But I just kind of want to be done with her. I don't know. Maybe that's the wimpy thing to do. Maybe if it was more money, I would consider it. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I think the other big lesson that I learned, and this one is maybe more applicable to the people who are self-employed than it is to anybody else, but there were warning signs and there were red flags that I ignored. And I know exactly why I ignored them. I saw this as a, as a book that could be the book that put my company on the map. You know, it seemed like a big story, a big, she was so excited about it and it seemed like something that, so I ignored everything else because I was like, this is going to be the one, this is going to be the book that gets me out of the hustle that just makes sure that, you know, my name is out there and people are coming to me and, and so I ignored a lot of things that I shouldn't have ignored and, um, you know, I live to regret that. So I think that the big lesson that I was supposed to take out of this is that I need to be more judgmental in who I work with. I need to protect both my personal space, um, and, and the company and the, and what, and and what the, what my business means to the other authors that I represent. And I don't want to dilute that with somebody who doesn't fit in that mold just because, or in that vision of what we're trying to do just because they might, you know, be a super success story or something. Um, So I I guess I would say that follow your intuition. Um, If if something doesn't feel right, listen to yourself. Listen to yourself and and do what you need to do to, to not move forward in those situations. And, you know, be the bigger person. I'm, I'm trying my best to just let it go, to be grateful, and to get my vibe back to a good vibe and not allow the toxicity to influence my life because other people feel it. And I don't want this to damper any of the enthusiasm that I have for any of my other clients and any of the other people in my life that need me to be on my A game. And this has, for the last two weeks, really plagued me in a way that only gives her power, right? So... Yes, I am 41 years old and I am still struggling with trying to figure out how to deal with a mean girl. Sadly, it didn't just impact my heart and my emotions. It impacted my livelihood and my business as well, which makes it even worse. But, um, you know, I'm trying to grow and move on from it. And hopefully you will have learned, if nothing else, not to use PayPal if you're a service provider <laughs> for for um, accepting large payments anyway. I mean, for small things here and there and for courses and digital downloads and things like that, it's probably okay. And I probably will continue to use it for things like that that I'm not so worried about. But um, 
that's my story. That's what's gotten me down in the dumps. And after telling y'all all about it, I feel better now. And I feel like I can say goodbye to this situation and shut the door and move on and embrace 2018 with all the goodness that's coming to me and work with the people that are meant to be with me and that I feel good about instead of feeling like I'm constantly on edge and apologizing to someone who sends us mean emails and and, and does mean things that I don't want. Who, who wants that kind of drama? Nobody wants that kind of drama, right? Um, so anyway, that's the lesson that I've learned. And on that note, while we're talking about, you know, learning big lessons and moving forward and challenging ourselves and getting outside of our comfort zones and doing things to improve ourselves and have a better year, don't forget to head over to losethecape.com forward slash yes, or head over to today's show notes, losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash one, two, six, where you can get um, the information about our book club and information about our sponsor. I want to give a shout out to um, Brick Wall Coaching. That is our current sponsor for the Lose the Cape podcast. She helps um, small business owners like ourselves work through all the things, all the mini hats that we wear and figure out how to um, make our businesses make the most sense without being completely stressful and overwhelming for us. So check out her information, her sponsorship. Um, the link to all of her stuff is on losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 126. And I hope y'all have a great day. Welcome to a new year. Let's make it a good one. And let's all promise to not let the mean girls get us down and to flood the world with positivity and encouragement and enthusiasm, love and light. I love you all. Have a fantastic day.